0: value yourself because without your work, you can't launch pretty much any industry without the work of a photographer. Without a photographer capturing those, the community will never know who you are, what the food looks like. That's photography. That is the value of what we do. Now, we you need to charge for that because what you're doing is they're not doing you a favor by calling you you're doing them a favor by lending your talent.
1: Hey Wiki Hunters, welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast where we share artist's journey and how photography give hope, purpose and happiness. And today I have someone very special all the way from the Los Angeles and He is someone who's been in uh, the celebrity industry, which I've never had um, anyone, you know, interview in this space. So I'm very excited to hear the journey, the struggle, and as well as what it's like to be, you know, out there um, amongst these celebrities. So, Wallet, welcome to the Art of Photography podcast. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I love um, you, you got in touch and I look at your um, your profile, your portfolio, and I was just intrigued. So it's um, a lot of my audience, oh, sorry, a lot of my guests are, you know, from the uh, travel landscape and I have a few people from Portrait, but, you know, never from the celebrity niche. So this is really exciting for me. I never, you know, know what's going on in there. So I have a whole lot of questions for
0: you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully they accept it, and and I know that they will. But like you know, it's it's something new for the photographers that are accustomed to hearing your podcast. So you know, maybe maybe we'll all learn a little bit.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you know, uh, me myself, I do a whole lot of genre of photography, and I know there are a lot of landscape photographers out there who also love doing portraits, fashion, and so forth, right? But we just have like the main thing, which was, you know, landscape or astrophotography. So this definitely will apply to everyone. But before we get started, give us a little bit introduction about who you are, what's your background and, you know, um, just a little bit about uh, how the audience can get to know you better.
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, Number one, my name is Walid Azami. So I'm in Los Angeles. And um as you mentioned yeah I, I do a lot of celebrity but i also do a lot of commercials and com- big brands uh domestic and international um and i've also started to re- branch out to uh directing music videos and commercials and now creative directing too and then also mentoring photographers in their careers um and i'm very interested in landscape photography for what that's worth too but I've been shooting for maybe about 12 years and it's been a very rough road. I I think like most photographers listening to this podcast, but I just, you know, my goal has been for the past six years, still continuing my photography career, but then really designating a big chunk of that. I would say almost like a third of my energy into making sure my peers do well too. And whether it's from my mistakes or my uh, big accomplishments, I think there's something that I can teach people and make sure that nobody ever takes advantage of photographers and that they do well and that they get the compensation that they deserve too. So that's pretty much a little bit of a lowdown on me. That's incredible.
1: Um, yeah, that's, I'd love to hear that. You know, I think, you know, as a photographer, it's really important to, um, or as an artist, I shouldn't say a photographer, because this apply kind of, um, on the board is that we are, um, we are stamped with this notion that, you know, it's, we can't make money from photography and, you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't produce, um, it doesn't make a living basically, you know, like the starving artist mentality. And we know that it's not true because, you know, like there are so many different photographers already have made it. And there's a lot of mentality, I think, behind that. So I I was curious, are you, were you um, born in, um, grew up in la itself or what's a little bit of your uh, personal background
0: um no definitely not raised well i guess somewhat raised in la but i was born in kabul afghanistan so i'm a total war baby in that sense um refugee in america um never took a photo class in my life never ever like not even one class one time actually um I did at the junior college um take like try to take an intro to photo class but on on week number 2 I quit because the way that they were moving at that speed and I just thought I was like oh my god you want to tell me about the history of this I just want to know how to do it and so I just didn't show up anymore uh terrible student in that way but um yeah that's my background so I didn't come from a family that had photography in its blood I didn't have any special connections um, just a lot of hard work, some luck, and lots of hard work again.
1: That's incredible. And so what did you, what did you study, um, in, in, the uh, in, in, in college or university? Where did you get into, or did you ever go into college and university or you just throw yourself through into photography right away?
0: No, I was going to actually become a teacher and not because I really, really wanted to be a teacher. I actually think it's the most important job in the world. I really do. Besides being a good parent, um, is that, but my mom was a teacher, my aunts were a teacher, my grandfather was a teacher. So really, that does run in my blood. And I think that it um, was the most, at least on paper, like the most free job, like the freeing, liberated, independent job. But it's really not these poor teachers. They have to work, especially in America. It's really hard for teachers. But um, my, my, I was a history major. And then my specialty was the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I just became obsessed with that story and um, really dug deep into that one. And then after that, I end up working with Madonna right afterwards, completely different, 180 degrees. But I will say, though, that my history was um, what really helped me excel in that office, because Madonna would be hey, we need, we need to research this one thing for the world tour. And people could not research. I don't know why people couldn't research. And I was like, just wait. Just wait. I'm about to kill you guys with like the 17 books I pull because of this, you know? So um, it helped me in that sense. But no, I never studied photo. That, that and is incredible. It, it kind of
1: fell in my lap. What, what, what a story, you know? Um, I think this is what actually you know just the other weekend we went for a catch up with a few friends and he mentioned this notion that you know um everything we do in life is an admin an administration to get to what we want to achieve and this is exactly it right um a lot of people nowadays especially with the instant gratification. We we don't want to put in the work. We don't want to do this admin and we just wanting to get the result. But without this administration work, you're never gonna get there because you won't have enough information, knowledge. And this is a really good great demonstration of that. You just show that you know you have the 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 study that you did have nothing to do with photography, but yet. It is what opened you to the world of photography. Now, I'm I'm quite interested. Um, how did you come across Madonna though? Like you know, like did you just uh, were you working for her or you know that because that's a pretty different niche, right? So that's interesting yeah. to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, and I know that when I say that, a lot of people are like, "Well, great, somebody, somebody just opened the door for him, and and lucky kid at the time, and you know and life was just easy. It actually wasn't easy. And, and here's the thing is that, um, now I had, and I still do a small list of people that I really wanted to work with. Um, one was like director, documentary director, Michael Moore. Um, another was Bill Clinton, not, not, not anymore though, but just like at the time it was important. I was like, I really want to work with this guy because I thought he was going to make a lot of positive change and everything. And, There were some other people too on that list, but on that list was Madonna. And why I really, really liked her is because um, visually, I was a fan of every single person that she ever brought on her team. And I watched because if you think about, you know, her age now, which the world likes to make a really big deal out of her age, but the last, I don't know, like, 40-somethings, 30-somethings, 20-somethings, 50-something, even 60-something, they all have a significant part of those younger years with her being the soundtrack, Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Like *You 2 some of these people. So I had a chance to really watch her um, break the mold and everything. But all that to say that she was always on my list of people that I wanted to work with. And... I am, I will say that, of course, I I worked really, really hard. My parents taught me a lot of hard work and honest hard work, but I also very, very much subscribe to manifestation and law of attraction. And so um, I, you know, I, okay, I'll say this. Socially, I'm supposed to say, oh my God, it was such a surprise, but it wasn't. And neither was like some of the other people that I work with because I I am such a good manifester that I don't know. I've always just knew what was going to happen. Is that crazy? But it's just how that happened. And it's not just Madonna. It was like Bernie Sanders was like that. Like um, Jennifer Lopez was another one. Like it doesn't have to be like a long time thing. It's like I really, really focus on it. I mean, where is my, it's not here at my desk right now, but I I journal like several times a week. Like I script and I kind of write like a make believe of things that in this world hasn't happened yet, but I believe that they've happened like in a parallel universe. And I so I always played with manifestation. So so she was on that list. That's a very long answer, but I'm sticking with it.
1: No, that's incredible. I love that. And um it's um it's a couple of things that I um I have a question with based on what you sure. just, um told me. Is uh but first, you know, you have a list of people that you want to work with and um i was i'd love to know what makes you uh what makes them to be on your list what make you want to work with um you know work with them basically
0: no one's ever asked me that question before so thank you um and i never even thought about that really until <laughs> you just asked that question um i really admire people that want to change the world even if they've negatively accidentally made like a really but people that impact like that's one thing to be on stage and to go oh look at me with beautiful lights and beautiful costumes and all that but it's another but how many artists do that now i mean there's a lot of artists that that have incredible shows but how many of them change culture and i i don't think any of them really have changed culture in that capacity. Michael Jackson would be another one. You know, um, Elvis Presley, the Beatles, these people change culture globally. And so that, I admire that. Like some of the people that I've worked with, like Bob Proctor is an author. He's, a, um they call him like the father of like law of attraction. He changed the way an entire culture, he introduced law of attraction to so many people. And now the world is catching onto it, at least the Western world. Um, finally is catching up there. So to me, anyone that wants to change, make an impact, I'm always going to be a huge fan.
1: That is incredible. You know, I think um, I'm, I'm a big, a big believer on um, purpose in life and finding that, you know, the, the purpose and not just, I mean, it's also important to do stuff that, you know, just doesn't have purpose, but at the end of the day, you know, we want to look back at our life and see what we've done um you know how far we've made a change whether it's through the smallest thing you know in 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 our life or the bigger thing but you know that what you've done is very important right being able to push that positivity to the world and um basically you know expose them to your photography and the way you
0: storytell through that so that's incredible thanks for sharing that um, oh, no, thank you for asking that. I think even, you know, like if I can just even mm-hmm. add to that, it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be celebrity it doesn't have to be like a big, big author. Um, it could be like, for example, you have a large part of your audience is like they're landscape photographers. But if you are exposing that landscape to the world and you're able to show the beauty of a place that people normally may not have thought about, that's like a huge service that I think you've added to mankind.
1: 100% and you know like it's uh, one of the things that I do in this podcast is not having people that have big followers uh, or you know yeah. like that are famous but also people who just have really get great inspiring stories and like you say that's really important to like just spotlight them right now yeah the, the second question that I have based on your previous answer was like it's really interesting how you brought up manifesting and journaling and yeah. all this stuff. Right. And yeah. <clears throat> I know there's a lot of people out there that literally is like, yeah you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, a bullshit basically. It's like, totally. I, I, I've been doing this forever. I say, it's like, I want to get rich. I want to get rich. I want to get rich. But yeah, here I am still not selling a single print. Right. So. Right. G- give us a little bit. Uh, insight of how you manifest and how you manifest in a way that you can actually make what you think about or what you've manifested come true
0: give give you an, ex, an example <clears throat> of that
1: or, how, yeah, or like, how do i do it a little bit of both as uh, I suppose you can give a little bit of example or actually give us um, yeah, just like how like how do you do it? What's the difference between those people who's who have manifested but haven't make things um, come true from their manifestation?
0: Sure. Um, well, I think that what it is is that I'll start off by by saying this there is something bigger than us. And it doesn't matter what you believe in, what religion, or if you don't have a religion, um, there just has to be something bigger than you. And that's where I really, I just hope that everyone that is listening to this podcast um, is, like, they believe there's something, whether you call God or energy or Buddha or Allah or Mother Nature, whatever it might be. So there's something running this whole show. Um but the other thing too is I don't have a course. I don't have a book, I don't have an ebook. I don't have a workshop and manifestation. So when I say this, there is no gain for me, but just to see or hopefully one day see how it benefited someone's um, life if they've you know heard it. So much of my success has come from law of attraction, manifestation. They kind of overlap. Um, a way that it, and it's about feeling. that's the biggest thing. So I used to be one of the worst students you will ever meet, but I was one of the best daydreamers in class. I would sit there and just daydream. But what I didn't know is that as a student in the public school system of America, um, I was failing. I wasn't failing because I knew how to play the game and turn in every homework and every extra credit and everything. I wasn't the best student, Okay. But I had personality and I would like try to charm the teachers and everybody and just try to be funny when I could and all that. But what I would do is spend an immense amount of time, um, an immense amount of time daydreaming to the point that I don't even remember sitting in the classroom and I just was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I have to like now befriend a nerd because I didn't, I have like two blank pages and they have two full pages front and back. Right. So now I'm like, Hey, everybody come to my house this weekend. I'll get pizza. Let's compare notes, you know, and try to figure this out. But, um, in that process, I didn't know what I was doing was manifesting. I was truly feeling what it would feel like to do this to the point, to the point that one of my, um, One of my fears I remember consistently in high school was, okay, so if I get an award, if I get um, invited to an award show for a music video and they only give me two tickets, like, who am I going to invite? Like, I used to sit there and worry about it. And it was a really, real, real fear. But I did get nominated for, for Soul Train Music Video of the Year. I did only give... You know, I only had one ticket. My horrible agent at the time used it and didn't tell me about it. But that's a separate story. But it's like it comes so true, Um, I guess. okay. so your listeners are like, yeah, okay, great, great work for you. How do you do it? Um, One thing that I do is called scripting and scripting is like, oh, man, where's my actual journal somewhere in in a bag or something? But I sit down for maybe 15 minutes and um, I'll sit at a desk, I'll go in a coffee shop, just somewhere comfortable, and I will write five things. So this is like truly, okay, five things that I already have in my mind. I may not physically have it at the moment, but it is coming for me. It is coming to me. And so I'll write five things and I will write, I'm so grateful that blank I'm so grateful that five times then I will take those five things and then write almost like a like a journal like a diary journal one and two pages something like that and then I will use those five bullet points in a story as if it already happened. So for example, I might say um I'm so I'm so grateful now that I finally have the, Beach house that I wanted, three levels on the side of a hill, not across the street, but the side with the ocean, right? And then I'll just say, I have that. But for me to really believe it, to really feel it, what I will do then is I'll, after I list those five bullet points, and I'll write like a journal and I'll say, I'm so thankful now that I finally have my beach house that I wanted, and it's amazing. It has like these Spanish tiles that I really like, which make it very uncomfortable in the winter because you have to wear socks all the time inside the house, but... um But in the summer, it's amazing. And the only part I don't like is when my friends come over, my family comes over, and then all the footprints are there and I have to mop it up afterwards. But I'm so thankful I have that many people in my life because we get to go downstairs down the gray steps made of wood to the ocean. And we get to swim and come back up to my house and barbecue. Like I write exact things, right? But then I'll actually, I'll write those five things as if it happened that day. So I'm so thankful my parents could do it. And I'm thankful my sister brought my nieces too. And they got to. And I'll just sit there. And it's actually kind of sounds dorky. But it's actually fun for a minute. And you're just pretending you have it. And the idea is that you write it until you feel it. And then you just leave it alone. I will say. I'll give you one quick example, because I know you have other questions too, is here's an example of scripting, just one of many that have worked out for me in the past three years. I had a job uh, where I was photographing for a new startup clothing line, and the owner decided to decided to go to Bali and go on vacation. And, and that's amazing, right? Amazing for you. But if you have a brand new company, why would you leave all of us alone for your first ever photo shoot? Very bad decision as a CEO. It was a disaster. The The lady at his company, head designer, awful. The um, sh- The agent for the models complained and said, we never want to work with her again. The models complained. I complained. The assistants all separately complained. And I told the CEO of this company, you know, I I really like you. And if I didn't tell you everything that happened, I would never be a good person, a friend to you. And I kind of missed the beginning of the story, but the beginning of the story was basically that I wanted to still do photography. I still wanted to direct, but I wanted to start creative directing. I wanted to work from home and I wanted to work maybe 15 or 20 hours a week. That's it. I didn't want to go to anyone's office, but I wanted people to start trusting me as a creative director. The shoot, now the shoot happened in real life. It was a disaster, so I told the CEO how bad it was. And then he's like, I appreciate you telling me. Everyone else kind of complained and said she was awful. And then I sent him the pictures and he called me like the next day or so. And he said, you know, Walid, considering everything you said, considering everything everybody else said, these pictures are phenomenal. And you guys were up against a lot and it's phenomenal and i'm really curious i have this weird idea just think about it you can come back to me a different day and think about it would you be open to being the creative director for the 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 startup company no more than 15 or 20 hours a week and you can work from home that right there is an example that happened within 2 <laughs> weeks of me writing it in my journal now i know all your listeners at this point are like who is this guy this is he's, <laughs> this is crazy that's but, like one example. That's how I do it. It's about feeling and that's like one example of it actually working.
1: That's really cool. And I mean, I just what really I, I just got into like, you know, this manifestation and meditation and I think the difference, I mean, if we take away, you know, all of this spiritual aspect, it's yeah. it's all about making you believe in yourself. And, you know, when you feel it, then you can believe that it already happened and therefore That's it's it. more likely that you will work towards it. You know, I mean, yeah. a good example that I always use is like, let's say you need to get something from the grocer and it's about to close in five minutes and you're an hour away. You're never going to make an attempt, right? Right. But if it's like five minutes away and it's almost close, you know, in five minutes, I was like, oh, maybe I could go really quick. Maybe I could knock. I could tell them, you know, Mm -hmm. it's that is the difference. It's the signal that telling yourself. And that is I love how you share, you know, the journaling, the scripting that is so powerful now. Yeah. To to segue back to, you know, uh, photography
0: um yeah
1: yeah (laughs) this is really cool right because most people in photography you know I know like most people gonna be like "Uh, what does manifesting have to do with photography Uh, but most people in photography they have some sort of goal whether they want to make money off their photography they want to capture you know a certain image and I believe uh the The only way to make that come true is to believe in the journey, to believe in their in their self, right? To believe right. that there is one day they will be able to get there, so that they keep going. Now, that's it. I I wanna um I wanna ask a little bit from your experience and your journey. What are some of the hardest struggle that you have come across that almost made you give up this journey? They almost uh, give it all away and, you know, take the easy route. And um, how did it all unfold for you?
0: Mm. Um, Well, your podcast is asking questions that generally other podcasts don't ask, which I mean that in in the most complimentary way. So um, I appreciate that. What made me almost give up? Well, let me just be really honest. Um, Not this past year. But there are good years and there's bad years. Uh, I think that a lot of times people are like, oh, did you almost give up? I almost give up three times a month. Not going to lie to you. So if anyone's like, oh, my God, like, so I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. Well, we're crazy because this is what we want to do for an occupation. So that is a little bit of crazy, but it's like a fun crazy. You know, I have wanted to give up many, many times because I think to myself, We need healthcare, and we need long term retirement and we need stable income. But then I also think to myself, like after you have like a mass, like you have a big win, that could be a massive job. That could be a beautiful photograph that you're just like staring at it for a long time. Um, The high of that. I don't do drugs, but I would imagine it's like the high that you would feel if you have a powerful drug. And then that right there pulls me right back into it. Um, But the things that have bothered me, that have made me put the camera down, I've now decided to try to be an answer to that problem. So how people treat artists and photographers. Well, no, we are photographers, uh, artists. Um, How people treat artists uh, has really angered me. How people treat marginalized populations. Um, I'm sure it's like this around the world, but I just have experience in America. Um, they they make, if you're a woman, if you're brown, if you're black, if you're Asian, they make you feel that just having the opportunity is the paycheck. Don't ask for money. And so they, add in their attitude and the what they say, the microaggressions and everything. So for me, I was like, okay, well, instead of giving up, what a giant waste of my experience. What a slap in the face to all of the hard work that I've done. So why don't I try to be the anti everything that made me put my camera down, you know, cuz I did for 8 months. I did stop photography. I did open a studio and I was like, "Well, I guess this is it." You know, like uh be thankful for what you've done, but um you guys it's it's not easy. If it was easy, every single person would be doing it. Who doesn't want to take photos and have people say, "Oh my god, I love the way you see." Um it's, it's incredibly special or, you know, or you happen to be stumbling on this podcast or this particular episode and you're a filmmaker or you're a writer or what, what have you. Like, it's an immense privilege to have people, you know, love the way you think. Um, what was the exact question? Was it how do I give up or did I ever think about giving up or none of those?
1: So what, you know, like what what was the moment and how you get out of it?
0: Hmm. Anger, anger pulled me out. So for me, the anger was after eight months of putting my camera down, um, and and manifestation. Okay, so here's this is going to take a little bit, but I promise, listeners, it's worth it. Okay, so anger got me really upset when I said, "Okay, enough is enough." And I'm going to make sure that I use my experience to help other people. So I started what at the time it was called How to Photograph. Now it's called Waleed.Azami on Instagram. And I was anonymously helping photographers with tips and suggestions and pricing and marketing and copyrights and uh, lighting and editing and all those different things. And I just was like, you know what's going to happen? No one's going to take advantage of any of these other people, um, and I'm going to use that experience of the bad and the good. And then that account grew. Now we're like at fifty something thousand, and it grew and grew and grew because people are like, "What is this?" Because it's like legitimate information that's really helping people do better. And now my name is attached to it just because it's it's easier, you know. And I want people to know who I am and. And reference my work you know to to weigh it against the advice so that was one way that I beat it was um, just saying you know what I'll show you I'll show these record labels that no one could take advantage of photographers anymore I'll show these big corporate companies that you can't just bulldoze over people and I'm going to make sure that I give my community the tools that they need so that they know how to um, get out of your no not even get out of the way that I like, punch back basically so I've I have tons and tons and tons of screen captures that people are like thank you so much because of you I've gone full time because of you I was able to stop a situation but the manifestation one here's a, a is it okay if I go into one more example of that because I want to give this gentleman yeah, credit who's sure. no longer with us but if you've ever seen the the, DVD, uh, the the movie uh the secret or read the book the secret by Rhonda Burns. The movie is opened by a gentleman by the name of Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor is like the, they consider like the father of law of attraction. Um, And I was in my studio when I told you I was in my studio, It was was rather large. And um, I, I, I had given up photography and and the studio was the attic of an old grocery store. So me, I'm watching YouTube and I'm like, how to apply drywall. Okay, and I would just do it. How to fix electrical and I would do it. How to fix plumbing and I learned everything off of YouTube. And then um, nobody really helped me and I was like, I stopped in the middle of all this and I had to move into the studio because I put all my money into helping my family and also got rid of my apartment so I can move in and invest in this business and there were like boxes and boxes and boxes in there. And let me tell you real fast, when it was cold, it was colder in that studio. When it was hot, it was hotter in that studio. Okay. There was no insulation, nothing. I don't know what I was thinking, but I did it. And so, um, I was looking, I was looking at these boxes, all my personal belongings. And I was like, I need to find the DVD for The Secret. I just know there's a message in there for me. I know there's a message in there. And I don't, not, don't ask me why I didn't decide to YouTube the video. It didn't cross my mind. I needed to find the DVD, okay? And then find my DVD player in one of those boxes. And I couldn't find it. And for three days, I searched. I really, really searched through everything. I'm like, it was here. You know when something is right there and you're like, I saw it just like a week ago. Now I can't find it. And I gave up. And I was like, forget it. Just continue building the studio so you can open this up and start making money. But that's what happens with manifestation. You have to want something so bad. And then you have to let it go and release it. Uh, You know, and I did, but I wasn't trying to manifest it. I was like frantically, like I was literally like a man at his wit's end. And and um and I finally found it. Uh, Excuse me, I didn't find it. I finally gave up when I couldn't find it. The day that I gave up. It was either later that day or immediately the next day my phone rang. And it was a girl. Her name is Lisa and Lisa said, "Hi, is Walid there? First of all, I'm very private about my number." And um and I was like, "Yes." And she's like, "Hi. Um my name is Lisa. I got your number from another mutual friend of ours and I've been looking for your information. I just found out we have a mutual friend. Um my boss needs new photos for new book, new projects, new everything. My boss's name is Bob Proctor. I didn't even know Bob Proctor knew I existed in this planet, okay, or on this planet. I did not know, like I had no connection to this man. And so in the midst of all this, my studio is almost getting done, I was like, what? I was just looking for his footage. And now his office calls me, and they're, they're based in Arizona. And when he came, I told my producer, Matt, I was like, go all out, all out, like make him feel like a king. Take out of my money, take out of any department money, make sure there's beautiful flowers and like desserts. And like just a beautiful thing because I just I was so nervous about this. And um, Bob came. So we shot some stuff and the pictures are still being used and they're widely used still. And I was By the window of the, and maybe Isabel, uh, my assistant, can send these photos and I'll give her these photos to you. But I was by the window, and Bob and his partner, Sandy Gallagher, were in the hair and makeup studio. And I was just by myself setting up the next shot. And Bob is a very airy, light little walk, you know, like a much elder man. And he walked up behind me and he just put his hand lightly on my shoulder. And he said, you know, Waleed, I photographed with a lot of photographers in my life. And one of the other reasons why I gave up, too, is because I thought I was no longer an artist. And my agent made me really feel like I had it was gone. You know, that was just a machine. And so he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I've shot with a lot of photographers. And um, I got to let you know, shooting with you is different. He's like... I he's like I've just the way you shoot the way you see things the way you direct things like I've never shot with anyone like you and then and this is like in a YouTube video so if anyone's questioning it this has been timestamped many times over and blogged and everything and um, he said I just feel you need to hear this but you're truly an artist And so I had like this weird, perfect storm of like anger. I was like, I'm going to help these photographers. I'm going to make sure that the industry never abuses photographers. But at this other time, at, at the same time, I was also manifesting literally a one particular human being on this planet. And he called my office and he came to my studio. And then he put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're an artist when I thought I wasn't anymore. So please, you guys, please don't dismiss law of attraction and manifestation that was really the main point of that example
1: wow um that was a really great story thanks for sharing a long story i'm trying to get better at these no no, that's that's good and you know like sometimes when you when you shorten it you kind of miss the um the whole sense of it so um i i think it's it was great i love hearing you know a lot of photographers out there or um, yeah, I I would say a lot of photographers stop being artists when they started trying to earn from their photography, right? I mean, I I really don't know any photographers who got into photography because they want to make money because there are hundreds other photography uh, jobs or other profession that is much simpler if that's what you're after. Most of the photographers who want to earn money is because they love photography. They love how yeah. that makes other feel through their storytelling and photography. And they want to do more of that, right? Yeah. So I feel like, and I don't get me wrong, I, I got there as well. You know, I, I actually hit a burnout and that's exactly, it's very similar to, to what you say really? is that I stopped being an artist. Instead, I was like about, you know, how do I make money? What people like, you know, what sort of photo, photo that will give me the most likes on Instagram and so forth. So your message right there, I think is just very important that you should never forget why you start it, why you get into yeah. this business that you are an artist and that is the thing that you know make what you do is beautiful right so thanks for sharing that Wally that is um you know a lot of message behind that story and a lot of advice behind that story um that is incredible now um so you know, you have turned into, you know, from being an artist to uh, um, making, being able to make money from it, and doing basically a job that you love. And now you take that step further to contributing um, to other photographers and empower them, help them to 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 be out there in the industry without being stepped on. Now. One thing that I'd love to hear from you is how do people value themselves and their work? Because mm. I feel like as an artist who kind of get into um, who, who, who trying to transition or even who's been in that industry for a long time, as an artist, we love to get our story shared. We love to have our photography, you know, in in this publication and so forth and show our message and and our vision to the rest of the world, right? And for that reason, I feel like a lot of us don't take, don't value monetary um, monetary incentive as much uh, compared to being exposed until we really need them and say it's like well man I can't really make money from this you know this is not working out, photography is not a good profession and so forth and I feel like that's when a lot of people kind of give up so going back to the question is you know despite all the feeling of wanting to share um, our work share our story to more people out there how do we value ourselves and say well I do want to share this but I also need to eat I also need a roof to to live in and how do you connect that to so that photographers who are listening right now whether they want to do it full time as a hobby or part time know exactly how to value their work and um and and sell as well as you know um offer their work to um basically you know anyone like the the audience out there
0: yeah uh great question um well i went on i late, lately i've been going on a huge tangent about this value yourself because without your work and it doesn't matter if you do landscape or 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 commercial or uh portraits or babies or weddings what what have you you can't launch pretty much any industry without the work of a photographer Okay, so it's just not going to work. You can't launch a world tour without the photos. I just like did something for Tiziano Ferro. He's about to go huge in Europe, about to go on a major world tour. That's my photo. He released an album this last Friday, two days ago. That's my image. He's on Italian TV shows right now with my images behind him. Amazon has massive billboards all over Italy, like building size ones uh, that we can send you you copies of those. That's my image. You can't do that without my work right now let's talk about um what about the personal photography because not everyone wants to do commercial you can't tell family history you can't tell uh future generations that haven't yet, yet even been born if the photographer didn't push the button and perfectly frame people that's your value you can't s- sell your grandma's favorite recipes in your restaurant that you've been working over like you put the kids to bed and you bathe them and put them to bed and you feed them and then you go and you work on this little by little perfecting the recipes without a photographer capturing those the community will never know who you are what the food looks like that's photography that is the value of what we do now we you need to charge for that because what you're doing is they're not doing you a favor by calling you you're doing them a favor by lending your talent. Now let's look at, okay, if you said a, a large percentage of your audience is landscape photographers, imagine just the way you can represent a a, a, a geographic area, the way you can represent um, places that people will go to, like the amount of landscape photographers that get jobs with, let's just say, Unique situations, uh, tours like wildlife tours, like uh, boutique hotels that just like you can't dress something, you can't sell an expensive home anymore without beautiful portraits on the wall. The image behind you is this beautiful nightscape with a Milky Way galaxy and all that. That you wanted to pay money for that and hang that up on your wall. Um, I don't know if that's a wallpaper, or that's truly your living room. So I just realized it could be a wallpaper, but that regardless, it's someone's living room. And it's like, we do so much. And even if you do landscape, like you're literally selling serenity, you're selling peace, somebody wants to pay for your art, put it up on their wall in their living room, they want to stare at it, they want it to be in the background of home videos and, and photos and everything like that. They want that art to be a part of their Christmas dinners and Ramadan dinners and Hanukkah dinners and everything else. You have a tremendous amount of value. The problem is that somebody told you a long time ago that you can't love what you do and make money for it. And that is one of the most criminal things ever. And then to make it worse, you believed it. To further make it worse, you choose to pass it on little by little by little by little. Complete bullshit. And if you think about it, you should be able to put food on your table, have money for retirement, a vacation, love what you do, and make an impact and enjoy a full-time income from it. Because I would say this to any photographer, what if you hated your job? Like, What if you hated your job? And I don't want to disparage any occupations, I won't name anything, but we all would hate to do something. Would you charge for it? And they always will say, oh yeah. For every minute that I'm there, I would charge for it. So why do you want to get paid if you hate something? Why, why can't you love something and get paid for it too? But people like me that are yourself, you know, like with this amazing podcast, we can share our stories with you. We could tell you that we're able to do it. We can tell you that we want to help you do it. Like knowledge on us, but execution on you. You have to believe that you have value. The end.
1: That is incredible. Um, I love, I love a few things that you say, but the the one thing that really hits me is the um, the fact that we do the things that we hate and we want to right. get paid for it, but when it's doing the things that we love, we don't yeah. seek as much. And that
0: why that not? Is really you know,
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That is great. So, all right. So, okay. Now you gotta look at. I suppose you know, um, coming through, um, what you just said there. You know, we have to kind of step back and realize yeah. what is this false belief that we tell ourselves. You know, what it was who told you a long time ago that you can not make money from what you love, which, which, what you said earlier, right? Now yeah. okay let's say we find that right um okay i know there was this time and then okay it's not true based on you know the story that you tell that it's very true you know without photography without art history life is boring right everything is just black and white it's just a plain wall with nothing in it right so yeah so you value yourself you value your your art uh your art now The problem that I see a lot of photographers come across is that, okay, well, you know what? I value this an X amount of money. And then, you go to other, you know, you, you go to your customer and say, well, this is an X amount of price if you want to have this beautiful piece on your home. And they would go, like, nah, that's too expensive. It's like, I could get an X amount of dollar, which is, you know, probably yeah. like 10% of that. I could only pay 10% of that from somewhere else and, you know, get the same amount of um, a, a feel, for example. And yeah. I feel like that is one of, the problem that we come across in this industry is that we're continuously uh, being compared with something cheaper and we that really take away our confidence, right? Before it's like, oh man, like I, I feel like this worth a thousand dollars, but this guy told me that, you know, he only willing to pay like maximum $300 and, you know, he saw it somewhere else for $200 how do you overcome that and um yeah like how do you go from
0: there um yeah that's a solid question so how you overcome that there's two things that's going on here and number one you have not fully expressed your value to your client now you never want to say i am valuable no they ch- they are saying to a particular person, I only want to pay $200 for this because in their mind, no, you say you're a 1000 but I think you're only worth 20% of that. You are acting like a heavily discounted item, okay? So a lot of this is psychology. And I'll talk about, you know, I talk about this in my step pricing course, Secret to Easy Photography Pricing. And it doesn't matter what kind of photography you do, we break down what kind of, like how you present your prices, what to ask the clients, um, how to analyze a situation. If they say this, you say that, you know, all kinds of scripting and everything, your market value and all that. So what I would say, number one is determine your value. It should be high and then portray that to the client. So one example would be Okay, here's an example. I will have a photo shoot on Tuesday. And the client was referred to me. She emailed me through my website. I got the email. And I said, amazing. I kind of vetted who this person was. And then I said, would you be open to having a phone conversation? Because I don't really just give my numbers out to anybody. And she said, sure. And we had a Zoom call. And I I ask the questions that I teach in my course, but I also ask these questions. Tell me about you. Tell me how you want people to feel. Tell me about um, uh, the, the goal of these images. Why are you doing it? Why did you not like the other one? What did you like about the past shoot and what did you not like about it? And I built this entire thing because I can't price something for you if I don't know what you want. I'm not I'm not a vending machine where I'm just like, here you go, two bucks and that's it. No, what we do is, the photographers, you are luxury items, but sometimes you behave like a discount item. So pause a little bit, slow it down, and really get to know them. In the process, she said to me, Walid, I've never had a photographer inquire this deep about what was important to me, why um, I was doing the shoot, and it really, really made me think. Thank you so much. That right there. I didn't have to say, Hey, Hey, I have value. Nope. I just displayed that in the kind of work that I do. Now, for example, if let's just say there's a big Airbnb, let's just say it's a mansion and they have a lot of property and they want to bring a a landscape photographer to photograph for them. You can just say, Oh, I'm $1,200 for that. Wow. What a disservice. Or you can say, what kind of clients would be there? okay, what kind of decor do you have? Like, what's your color theme? So are we doing more of an evening light? Are we doing morning? Uh, What would the mood be? Is it like hard sun? Is it like foggy? Um, Do we want it to be somber? Do we want it to be cheery? Like all these extra questions, right? That raises up your value because they're like, oh, she or he is not like any other person that I've interviewed for this job. That's the first part. The second part is that Poor people hang out with poor people. Rich people hang out with rich people. Both are wonderful humans. However, if you keep serving the audience that says, I know you're a thousand, but I only have $200. They have cousins who believe the same thing. They have neighbors who believe the same thing. They have friends and coworkers who believe the same thing. You are going to get stuck in this. uh, um, What is that thing in the ocean that goes in a circle if you're a weak swimmer? It's like a whatever it's like a not a tide pool it's a uh it pulls you out and a,
1: um i know what you're talking about a rip about. current yeah that's right yeah
0: yeah yeah so it's like this rip current that keeps pulling you out or even like a hurricane it just keeps spinning around throws you right back into the cheap people the cheap people the cheap people now they deserve great photos too but let that be someone else's problem that's not your problem dear listeners okay but if you decide to serve an audience that really values the time, the expertise, your artistry, they hang out with people. They refer people to you that have the same belief. So if you have clients being, nah, I know you're a thousand, but I only have $200, $300, you are very much in the wrong circle. At that point, do everything you can to leave that little rip current that keeps pulling you in and go somewhere else. That's easier said than done, but, oh, you know, like a really short cut way of saying it is, okay, where would your client hang out? Where would your perfect ideal client hang out? If you're doing, let's say, landscape photography and you want to sell $1,000 for a massive print, um, I would really want to be at the wineries, you know and taking pictures out there and letting these people that can enjoy these these little weekend getaway vacations see you with a camera and ask questions and see the work put yourself where they hang out you don't want to go photograph outside of a walmart parking lot
1: that is a great advice and I love how um you know you, you give a lot of example for people at different niche and I think that's really cool uh, It speaks a lot about what you probably you know teach in your course because I haven't taken it myself so I can't really say to it but yeah that's I'm trying it. to that's... win
0: over these landscape photographers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm it's, it's really
1: it's really good because yeah, like you know, you really bring it back. You know, you're a celebrity photographer, uh, fashion portrait, but you really bring it back to like you know that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what sort of artist you are, the fundamental, the the way you think is the same, right? And I feel like a lot of people get really caught up on that. It's like, well, yeah, like, you know, I don't know if that works for me because I'm a landscape photographer. And like, well, I don't know, landscape photographers, I'm a nature photographer. And I feel like we we label ourselves, And yes. instead of using that as a strength, we actually use that as a weakness, as an excuse. So I really love how you kind of merge all this together and say, look, guys, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what sort of artist you are. This still works, right? So that yeah. is incredible. I love hearing that, and I'm sure the audience will get Thank a lot you. of value for that. Now, one more question around around this, sure. uh, the, the pricing, right? So <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> this is something that I also come across a lot. Is that okay? Well, Wally, you know, that's really good advice. I, I agree with you. I need to get out of this um, you know, current and um riptide, and I need to go to where my customer at right but the problem that i have is that i need that money i need that money to put Uh my next meal on my 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 table right i need that money to to pay for the rent for the electricity i sure i i i don't know how long will it take to build uh, you know all of this right and i know that that is one struggle that a lot of artists come through they decide to bring their price down they price down they price yeah. down in hope to get that little money just enough to pay whatever they need to pay and that I, I believe that is the origin of the the belief that we are uh that you know the broke artist mentality basically yeah so w- w- what would you what would your advice um what would you uh, what advice would you give um to people who are thinking that way and who are in that situation
0: sure i think that that's important to say that is like the gateway to like when it just starts spinning out of control faster and faster and it just keeps slipping out of your hand and that's how you buy really cheap cameras everybody from photographers who have given up and you buy it used okay but I will say this. I don't I wish I you know that wouldn't be the case, but that's literally, hey, it becomes like a gravestone or a graveyard of like people who gave up. Um, the one thing is I will say this, if you're a photographer, I don't care what you photograph. Do not ever, ever charge hourly ever, 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 ever. In fact, when like in my step pricing course, you also get like a year's worth inside this private Facebook group. I have told them, That if I find out, because I will snoop, because I do care about my students, that if I see you guys charging hourly, you're out of the program. Out. I don't like it, it, absolutely not. So, that first of all, please don't charge hourly, everybody. But what do you do? Well, I'll say this. Sometimes you just have to put food on the table and that's your only choice. So, you have to do what you have to do and take care of yourself and your family first. Assuming you have a tiny bit of a cushion, okay? You have a little bit of. Freedom to be able to try something new. Don't, I would much rather you go deliver food for people and get tips rather than take cheap clients because it's a very, very small industry. If you work in fashion, everyone knows each other. If you work in documentary, everyone knows each other and all that. Once word gets out that you are the cheap photographer, good luck trying to find your way back to the top it's kind of like in high school um we knew the people who were oh boy okay we knew the people who were easy and you can hook up with them if you needed to and you knew the people who were like no they're not that type of a person it's doesn't mean it's right but it happens and word gets out so fast everyone knows like you might as well get like this uh, like this tag on your forehead that says easy, cheap, uh, um, free photographer, whatever. So don't do, I'm just going to use just for round numbers. Let's just say you want to charge 1000 please everyone charge more than that. But let's just say you want to charge 1000 and you're like, I'm just going to grab these $200 jobs and pay the bill. I would much rather you go deliver food, go drive an Uber, because at least what you're, what you're doing is preserving your name and your brand in the market. Because once you're the cheap one, good luck coming up. It's nearly impossible. I would almost rather say rebrand yourself, get a whole different business name or go to a different market. You can start high and you can find reasons to come down. Maybe it's a Christmas special. Maybe it's like uh, favorite clients type of special, Valentine's Day okay and i'll give you an example of how you can um charge cheaper and still win if that scares you don't care what you do now this might be a little harder for landscape photographers but uh um, portrait family babies uh engagement modeling um restaurants food do something called mini sessions and mini sessions are such a stealth way of so many benefits okay so let's just say you have a goal of a thousand dollars per photo shoot please again everyone aim higher especially if you're in the united states but your goal is a thousand dollars who's going to trust you as this new photographer with their one thousand dollars as we're going into a recession so but you still need to grow your portfolio you still need to grow your network. You still need to make some money. So what I would do is do mini sessions. Hey, you want to do family portraits? Great. Book out a, a a time and a day and go to a local park. Make it special for them. Bring bottles of water. Bring your little boombox speaker. Play music. Have like little kits of like hair, makeup and hairspray and like the things that people do for their shiny skin, the, the dab, that paper, whatever it might be. Um. Have it fun, have some snacks, everything. Make it an experience. People love to pay a lot of money for experiences. But instead of booking one client in one day and saying, okay, I barely got one for $1,000 and that's your whole day, why don't you do a bunch of mini sessions? $400 each, $350 each. And instead of uh, one client, you try to fit like five or six. And you actually end up making way more money you end up getting more practice as a newer photographer because you don't have to manage somebody for like five hours. You have them for 45 minutes. You have way more images in your portfolio because you have all these different faces and you get to benefit from these people who... So if if I, if I you were to take my family photo for $1,000, um, you hope that I put you on Instagram and I tag you. But if you were to put like eight, nine, 10 families there, at least half of them are going to tag you. You're going to enjoy the benefits of their network and it starts growing. So invest in mini sessions. That also means that if they can't yet afford your full rate and they could only pay the mini session rate, then what happens is they get a little sample. It's like an appetizer at a restaurant. You get a little sample and, um, They will save up. They're like, oh my God, it was such a fun experience. We should do like a half day with a photographer next time or maybe a full day. And that's how you grow your business. So like a tactical thing that I would do that, never charge hourly, ever, ever, and make it an experience too. But if someone doesn't want to pay, you're in the wrong audience. Go get another job and treat that other non-photography job as an investor so I don't care if you don't want to drive people around in an Uber you just say cool today I made 125 dollars that's think of Uber as an investor in your company and now you can start saying okay I'm going to now go sit at the expensive coffee shops and edit my pictures there so I can run into rich people you can also find yourself a rich husband or wife that way too but that's a whole other (laughs) podcast that is great. I love that. I love that. How do people do I, it? How do people find their, you know, their their yeah. sugar mama, sugar daddy? They go to rich bars. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Not science.
1: And um, yeah, that's that. What a great advice. And you know, that's it's just. I think that will open up a lot of objection, a lot of doubts that I people so. have, and um, it 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 just goes to show how much value you give on your course, right? Um, Thank you. but one thing that I'd, um, I'd like to kind of follow up on that, um, sure. is that, okay, you talk about this notion of, okay, go to where your customer, um, uh, hang out your ideal customer, I should say, yeah. not just your customer, you go to where your customer, your ideal customer hang out and appeal to them in a way that they want to be appealed to, right? Because that's, yeah. that's what, like, you can't, um, I think one way that you were uh, that you put it earlier is like you can't, you know, dress all um, hippie and go to a high end place and try to sell people at the high end place, for example. Correct. Right. You Correct. have to kind of uh, walk the talk and basically be, become one of them or, you know, relate to them. Now, <clears throat> one thing that I like to get your, um your response on is, once you do that, there is still this one thing that is difficult to break, right? Um, to be able to put your work out there is trust, right? Well, yeah, they may come to you and then you might you may be dressed and you know, walk the talk and talk the talk or whatever it is, and you go like, Well, you know, I'm here and this is you know, I'm I'm looking fancy and you know, I'm I'm this sort of photographer, but they look at you as like, okay, well, you know. Have you ever sell, uh, you know, for example, an art with uh, the high end price, or, um, you know, what's what's the value and so forth, right? How do they trust you if you just got out of this um, riptide, you know, and you move into this, um, the people who just want to bring you down and you know, ask for everything for nothing to this place yeah. where people actually value your work right? How do you get that trust? And how do you get them to invest on you and your art um, for the amount or the value that you value your art?
0: So, so that I fully under I want to make sure I understand, how do you get people to trust you with their money and their project and all that, right? Correct. Okay. Even if, so, if
1: you, if you just got out of this, like, you know, like, Let's because you say earlier, like, leave this thing that like, um, keep asking for more, but doesn't pay anything, you know, go find a different place. Exactly. We're going to a new city. Okay. We're going to a new city. So, but you're, you're nobody there, right? You're nobody there. So how do you build that trust? How do you get that trust so that people invest on it? Because. Um, You know, that first person who believe in you really going to open up the doors, right? Um, That's going to become your uh, portfolio. They're going to become your success story. But
0: how do you get that first person
1: to invest and believe in you?
0: Of course. Um, Well... Here's the thing. What I touched on a minute ago, which was mini sessions. So you're new in a market and you're like, hey, normally I would charge, let's say, $1,000 or $500 for this quick family Christmas card photo shoot. It's $150, right? That's a fast way and like a small investment for people to be able to give you a chance. That's the first one. The second one, how do you get people to trust you is let them see your work. So walk with a camera. What like like people walk their dog? Uh walk your camera. Go to a coffee shop, put your camera right next to your laptop, okay? Invite people for that. You know how they say, like, okay, if someone dresses very sexy, they're they're inviting um eyes to like look at them. If someone dresses very intimidating, they're inviting judgment. So when you walk, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying like it it happens, right? When you like, it's kind of like the people that fly with their Louis Vuitton bags. I'm like, you are inviting theft for people to open your bags at the airport and start going through your stuff. So when you go with a camera, you are inviting conversation and people will ask, oh, are you a photographer? No, I really have this giant thing for fun, you know, but um, <laughs> and so uh, but people will talk and and then they'll see get out of the house. Get out of, as artists, we hide in these little caves. Like, as artists, if you disappeared, sometimes your friends and family may not know for three days that you have been kidnapped. Because we don't see the sun as much. We sit in this corner and we stare at the monitor and we work and we work and we work. Get out and sit at a coffee shop. Go to a cafe and eat a little slower and and do some work. Go somewhere um, go to a bookstore go like just be outside let people see you if your ideal client let's say you're in a new um, you're like okay suddenly I'm the higher price photographer well what kind of photographer are you are you a family photographer where do the families go that you can be there too and not be creepy about it, you know? So for example, let's say there's beautiful hiking trails by your house. And that's where people like to take their kids and their dog and they go. You go there too and you take some beautiful photos. Just enjoy nature. Be, just be present. People will walk by and you will start having conversations with people, okay? So put yourself again in the space that they want to be. The second thing is... Um, wait, the exact question was how do you get them to to trust you is yeah yeah, is um word of mouth really, really is important. you know right nowadays we can have the world's biggest stars say you must buy this computer monitor. I don't care. I want to know what the photographer with 700 followers says about this monitor. That's what I really care about. So ask people in your life to help you. Most people, 1% are really terrible people. I will say this. 99% of people are really good. They want to help you. They don't know how to help you. So they don't help you. Okay? So I'll say that one more time. 99% of people are really good. They want to help you. They don't know how to help you. So they don't. If you were to actually ask for people to help you and say, Hey, um... I am new to the market and I really want to get into photographing um, for restaurants in the area. Do you know anybody like that could really benefit from a menu revamp or reinvention of their menu? You'd be surprised how many people know somebody who knows somebody. OK, talk about it. Ask people how they can help you uh, tell them, hey, you can really help me by connecting me with the H.R., Uh, lady at your office, if she's doing all the LinkedIn portraits. You can really help me by connecting me to your mom group. You can really help me by, I don't know, like connecting me to three people um, in an email. Ask people for help. People will help you. And I know that this makes people like really freak out. Like I have that in my course. We have a whole script of how you do it and what step and when, but it does help. Um, I'll give one more tip just to like make sure maybe, you know, different things help different people. So, A, put yourself in their position, walk your camera, B, ask people for help, C, I guess is the mini sessions that really boost your portfolio fast. A lot of examples, but maybe I can do a quick fourth one because I kind of promised something Um, off the top of my head. I think, you know what? You help people. You know how I said, have people help you you go help them. If you see, so back on the example of, okay. Okay. So here's an example. My friend used to have the world's ugliest coffee shop, not because she wanted that. I was like, yo, the art here is so ugly on the walls. It is so ugly. It's criminal. Like it's like, you almost want to call the police. It is that ugly. Okay. (laughs) But people would hang out there and I would say, Hey Camry, Your space is so cool. It's this beautiful little cottage. People come here. You're near the university. What if you put like different kinds of art that that showcase that upscale the furniture, the, the walls, the flooring, everything. And it just looks more like a gallery versus like grandma's old cottage and grandma died five years ago, but you haven't remodeled the cottage yet. Okay. And, um, help people and maybe like in that case. Offer them some portraits and say, can we put this up on your wall? You can have my business cards on the side of your counter. If anyone wants to buy it, give them my card. Or, hey, I really, really love your restaurant. Your food is so delicious. I've been driving by your store for four years. I've never wanted to come in because it didn't, like, your advertisement isn't there. I see that you're a mom and pop business. And I know that you guys are doing everything. Would you be open if I helped you one day? Maybe, like, photograph four of your main... Dishes and just give you something beautiful that you can put on Instagram and Yelp and things like that. Help them once the conversation starts, good is infectious and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I know that's like kind of woo woo stuff, but that's truly help people and then the world will help you back.
1: That's that's um, I think you know, like that is so important. I love how you share that last bit and um, because. Help people is, you know, when, when you uh as it, it just take me back to the Bill Gates story, right? How when he used to be broke, um, you know, he he um he helped out and then he always say that, you know, it does if you don't offer a hand when you're mm-hmm. um struggling, you're not gonna help people when you're rich, when you made it. Right, because that's right. Just the nature of it. So, and you know, karma always came back. And you know, the other story about always, I think, uh, Tony Robbins used this story of how he gave like um money to this um to help out this person. And during the hardest time, he he was he needed that money, but that person can, can, can't pay back. But in the end something open up you know at that exact moment that he needed the money he actually get more than what he gave up and you know there's a lot of other story that you know i I mean whether you believe it or not in karma you know if you do good it's it's natural that good will follow your way right it's practically scientific
0: exactly
1: so i really love that, that 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 um that advice well um well, it it's been incredible. Um, thank you for being here. Um, usually I would ask my um audience or sorry, my guests, um, you know, what is the one advice that they would give yeah. to the audience? But I feel like what you just gave right there is such a good advice, unless you have any other advice that you want to give.
0: Um, number one, well, thank you for having me on and and your podcast. Thank you for having this podcast because I, you know, it, this is all part of that positive wave of helping our peers and all of us. Cause like when you do better, I will do better. And when I do better, the next photographer does better and we rise up together, right? Or we sync together too. So I appreciate that. I guess, you know what? I will just say one quick thing is, um, it's cliche, but edit your circle more than you edit your photos. So um, I'm sorry if if your friends are talking about other people, you're not going to go very far. Like truly watch your circle. You're not going to go far if you hang out with people who don't dream big, who don't scare you because they're like doing something amazing. And then it makes you step up. And if you hang out with crappy people, that is your future. Like, it is 100%. So it's cliche. It's nothing new. But I I swear by it. Um, if somebody in your family, somebody that is blood, somebody that is a co-worker or a neighbor, if anybody diminishes your goals and your dreams, you don't owe them an explanation ever, ever, ever. Um, you can step away silently. You don't have to announce it you your only job is to save that child inside of you that still wants to create and treat that situation like you're helping a child get yourself get that child out of immediate path of danger anyone that would like what would you do if someone is telling a kid you're dumb you'll never make it this is stupid like it'll it's just unrealistic you would move that child out of that situation and tell that person to stop Uh, You kind of have to really, no, you can not kind of, you absolutely have to do that for yourself and just watch people's energy. Like people say a lot of things. And then at the same time, if people are really, really supportive of you, then keep them near and, and match that energy too. So you gotta like feed them and they'll feed you back and forth, back and forth, but cut out the haters, let them, let them go into like haterville by themselves and disappear don't care that if it's is, family friends neighbors anyone
1: i'm so glad that you give that last advice because that is so important you know like um, uh, it's it's been proven that we are yeah. our environment um you know the way we grow up the way who we become is because the environment that we've been put through so it's 100 percent true so you know it's i love i love how you say that because i feel like I, I used to be there as well, and I know the feeling of like attachment to your family and friends. And you know, yeah. um, I think to just add a little bit to that, you don't have to get rid of them completely, but just manage the the exposure to them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is such a great advice. Uh Wallet, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, you know, it's Thank been you. a great conversation. Um, really enjoy this and Prior to this, I really don't know you. You kind of reach out, and I was like, eh, "I I don't know who this is," but you know, this always this is why I put down the podcast. It's I just love getting to know people and getting to understand their story and their wisdom and their advice that they can give out to the world. So you've done a lot of work. You've done a uh, beautiful um, photography, you know, for artists and also projects uh, for different famous people celebrities as well as you know uh, your personal project now for those of um for those people who want to get to know you better or want to get in touch with you or want to find out more about you know this course what is the best way
0: to find you um you can always, you know what, Instagram, you can find me on Instagram, waleed.azami. You can always send DMs. I do get to all my DMs. I just think it's rude when you ignore the DMs. Um, so I do get through all of them. I do respond to all. Um, and then from there, I can guide you to like, oh, you know what, that would be on my YouTube channel, or that's like a paid course, or that's this blog post. Um, yeah. Um, and, and it could be any kind of photography, and it could be any stage of your career. So... Definitely open to all kinds.
1: That is incredible. Yeah, we'll put all the links um, um, on the description if you want to get in touch and find out a little bit more about what Wallet is doing, as well as how Wallet help other photographer and artists. Um, you know, to get out of this starving artist mentality, which I believe is very important. So. Thank you very much, Wallet, for today. It has been a really good conversation. Um, You know, I always try to cap it on one hour and I know we go over a little bit, but there is so many more questions. Yeah, no, of course. Um, But there's so many more questions that I'd love to, uh, uh, that I want to ask you. So, you know, perhaps, you know, sometime in the future we'll get you back, but I really appreciate your time, appreciate all the wisdom that you give me, as well as the audience, as well as I appreciate, you know, your positivity and, you know, the 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 positive vibe that you bring to to this uh, conversation.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. I, was, I actually had a really, not, well, why would I say actually? I had a really good time. I'm very conscious not to say that. And I said, um, and I had a great time. Thank you. And, and, uh, um, my assistant isabel found i said let's find the best podcast that we can go visit and you know and yours definitely was right there on that list so i'm i'm very thankful to um have it, had this opportunity too
1: oh that meant a lot thank you very much
0: yeah. thank all you. right wiki
1: hunters um thank you for being here thank you for tuning in for another podcast hopefully you listen and apply what you have learned today. And, you know, even though this was a conversation, Wally have given a lot of wisdom, a lot of advice on what you can do. If you do want to make your money, Uh, one, if you want to make money out of your art, um, whether you're doing a hobby, you know, part-time or full-time and, you know, it's, it's only, knowledge is only a potential power. And only, it only become your power when you apply it. So make sure you you do what, what Wallet um, have told you, right? And if you want to learn more about what he does to help more of you out there, then please do check out the link on the description. But with that being said, um, you know, we do this um, every month, every week to get other artists into the podcast. So if you do enjoy this conversation, please do leave a review so that other people who are looking for wisdom, inspirations, and who are hitting the brick wall and um, burnout can get out of it through some of these inspiring stories and advices from photographers all around the world. Well, with that being said, thank you very much for being here. Keep creating, keep being creative, and go out there and shoot. I'll see you later.